Hey, how's it going? It's Pastor Josh here, and I'm so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. We're starting today a brand new series uh, called Hope in Strange Times. And if you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. Uh, if, you're here, if you were here in person, we would give you a gift. We would give you a big round of applause. We can't do that right now. But I just want to tell you, in behalf of myself and in behalf of our church, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. And our desire is that, number one, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, that you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life. And number two, that you will make the decision to make Downey First Christian Church your church home. Also, another thing that I wanted to just remind you here real quick is that right underneath uh, this video, you'll see two links. One link is for our youth and the other link is for our children's ministry. So uh, if, you, if you have children that are with you or if you uh, have people that are with you that are um, high school age, go to these links and we have uh, content that is specific for you. Also, um, we have growth groups. I don't know. I mean, if you don't know this, uh, this is maybe new information for you. We have growth groups. Growth groups are groups that meet during the week. Uh, it used to be in different locations. Now we don't have locations. We're doing everything remotely. But they meet to talk about God, to talk about Scripture, and how these relate to our lives. These are groups of about 8 to 12 people. We have 13 groups currently in our church. If you want to join a Zoom growth group, I want you to go to Mark. This is Pastor Mark's email, Mark at downeyfirstchristianchurch.org and he's going to uh, explain to you what group is best for you and uh, he'll work with you on that because I want for all of us to stay connected. Even though we can't be together physically, we have to be together spiritually, uh, spurring each other on and being in the Word. Sound good? All right, speaking of the Word, let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 10, says this. Listen to this. It says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. He said, this is his prayer, God, thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, he was bragging, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Verse 14 says, I tell you that this man, this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So today, I want to talk to you about the topic, be real with God. Be real with God. So if you have someone next to you, just give them an elbow and say, be real with God. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. But before, I want us to go to our church announcements. Hello, my name is Sarah. I'm part of the team here at Downey First Christian, where we exist to love God, love people, and serve the world. Here are your announcements for April 19th. Have you invited someone to join our online worship services? Each week, we are working to make our online experience even better so we can grow in our love for God. In fact, if you would like to join in singing our worship songs, you will now find the lyrics for that week's songs on the COVID-19 page on our website. Print them or pull them up on your phone to sing along as we worship together each Sunday. For more ways to engage with our church family and to love God deeper, visit our website, downyfirst.org. 
Each week we are uploading the resources you need for the week, including what we send out by mail. You can find this and more by clicking on the COVID-19 link at the top of our homepage. In this week's mailer, we have included an invitation to our new series, Hope in Strange Times, so you can invite a neighbor to participate. You can also send them a link to our COVID-19 resources webpage, where they will find materials for their kids and students, as well as ways to get connected. This is a great way to show love to those around us this week. Another way to love people is to connect through a growth group. Our current groups have begun meeting through the Zoom app. If you are not currently in a growth group, contact Pastor Mark by emailing mark at downyfirst.org so you can get plugged in. Did you know that many services to those in need have been closed down as available resources and volunteers have dried up? However, in the past month, we have seen an outpouring of God's faithfulness over food help. As neighbors seeking help have nearly tripled, we have seen God show up at our church's food bank. New volunteers have answered the call, making it possible to serve 340 families the day before Easter. Community groups as well as individuals have brought food and money to supply the growing needs. One way you can serve the world this week is by picking fruit. Many area neighborhoods have been blessed with trees that are heavy with lemons and oranges. If your family is able, ask a neighbor if you can pick their tree to share the fruit with our food bank. Then bring it by our church on Friday morning so we can share the wealth. We are so thankful to God because He continues to provide through you, our church family, to meet the needs of our church and community. Please continue to pray, to reach out, and to give so that many more will come to know the love of God. You can give through our website or by text. Let us remain faithful in both prayer and generosity for our church and community. See you next time. Have you ever noticed that you tend to be your worst critic? I mean, if you're like me, if I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I'm seeing all the defects on my face. I'm seeing the stains on my face. I'm seeing everything negative about myself. If I see myself on video, if I hear myself on audio, if I see myself on a picture, I'm always thinking, man, why do I look like that? Why am I looking that way? What's wrong with me? I'm always being very critical with myself. I don't know if that's you, but that's definitely me. Now, there's other people that look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, man, this, I like, mm, this is pretty good. I like what I'm seeing here. Now, that's, there's a message for you. Uh, this is not a message for you today, but you know, we can talk about that sometime in the future. But the point is, most of us are very critical with ourselves, and that's definitely me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to you right now. Last Sunday, last Sunday, I had the privilege, I don't know if it was a privilege or a curse, but it was, I guess, the privilege to sit down with my family and watch myself preach because last Sunday was uh, Easter Sunday and I cannot tell you how much of an excruciating experience that was to watch myself. It was terrible. I hated the way I preached. I, I hated the fact that I was looking at my notes all the time. I just, I was being so critical with myself that I couldn't even stand it. And then after the message was over, I talked to my wife and I'm like, man, I feel like I did a terrible job. Now you might be there thinking like, yeah, he did a terrible job, but it doesn't matter. What, I'm telling you what my thought was. My thought when I was looking at myself I'm like, why do I talk like that? I'm talking weird. I look weird, you know. Uh, and my wife was like, you know what? I think this is, this is what you need to do. She, she told me, like, you know what you need to do? You need to start listening to your own messages. And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought that's exactly what we just did. And she's like, no, 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 because a couple of weeks ago, you preached on the topic. It's not about you. And she looked at me. She says, Josh, come here. She, very lovingly, she said, it's not about you. And she was so right. And then I gave her a timeout. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it's, she's so, she was so right. It's so true. But I kept thinking about it. And I kept thinking about what is it that bothered me so much about last week's message as I was looking at myself. 
and I nailed it. I know what it is. It's because I felt like I was being fake. I felt like I was, and it was, and it was so hard because I can't tell you how hard it is even to preach right now with, with, a, with a, a, a church that is absolutely empty. I felt like I was performing. I felt like I was, everything that I was saying was sort of like, like I was on, an, on a stage. I mean, I am on a stage, but like, like on, a, on a stage trying to present myself in a way that I wasn't truly feeling on the inside. And the reason was because I was all by myself. And so when I think about that, I think about the Pharisees. And so I was thinking about myself and thinking about the Pharisees and thinking about the fact that the Pharisees, them being fake was a normal thing. Like it bothered me because I felt like I was being fake. But the, but the Pharisees were used to being fake. Like that was just part of what they did. It was all about look at my words, look at my prayer, look at my discipline. In other words, look at the exterior was what the Pharisees were all about. The Pharisees were like, like onions, right? It makes me think of, of, of Shrek, you know, the layers. The, the, they were like, they were like these, these onions that had all these layers and their, their layers were their words, their discipline, their prayers, the clothes that they wear, the attitude that they had. They had all these layers. Now, I'm talking about the Pharisees, but I'm also talking about us because we can fall into the same trap. We can have all these layers before God. We can say, hey, look at my church attendance, layer number one, Bible reading, layer number two, uh, good deeds, accomplishment, perfect family, per- all these layers. We can do the same thing. We can fall into the same thing that the Pharisees fell into. In fact, we can make an even deeper mistake in thinking that these layers are what we have to offer to God. We used to offer burnt offerings before God. You know, our, our, our history back in the Old Testament, we would present these burnt offerings before God. Well, I'm telling you, we could get so confused in thinking that these layers are the things that we have to offer to God, but it's actually just the opposite. It's, it's, it's upside down. We have it confused. In fact, Psalm 51, 17 says this. It says, this, this, it says my sacrifice. This is my sacrifice. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a what? Number one, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, do not despise, which means no layers, no more layers. It makes me think of that. If you're not, if you're, I don't know if you're an Office fan, do you watch The Office? Well, there's this scene where Kelly, you know, they've, she was dating uh, Daryl, and then Daryl is just being Daryl. You know, he speaks his mind and saying whatever he, he's thinking. And then Kelly, when they're doing the, 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 the camera moment, she's saying, she says something to the effect of, who says exactly what they're thinking? Like, what kind of mind game is that? You know, and that's funny. We, we laugh at that because sometimes it seems so foreign to us to be real that it becomes foreign to us to also be real with God. Now, the truth is this, is that if you want to truly connect with God, and I think you want to, like I want to, like if you want to truly connect to God, you have to get rid of all the layers and present yourself just the way you are. Do you know what type of person God is actually drawn to? He is drawn to a person who is at the end of their rope. Because there's no more layers. It's just them presenting themselves before God. Have you ever noticed how a person looks physically when they're at the end of a race, like an Olympic race or like the end of a, of a, of like a marathon or a triathlon? That, that just that last part when they're running and they're just giving it their last and then sometimes they fall, sometimes they'll throw up or whatever it is, they have emptied themselves out completely. You see, the same thing is true with us. 
You know who God is attracted to? You know who Jesus is drawn to? He's drawn to a person who is at the end of the rope, who has given everything of themselves and has no longer any layers. And they're like, I'm done. I got nothing left. That's the type of person that God is drawn to. And that was the problem between the, the, the tax collector of the, the verse that we were, the, the scripture that we were reading earlier, the tax collector, as opposed to the Pharisee. You see, the tax collector, he was just beating his breast. He could barely talk. But then the Pharisee was, you know, I got all these layers. I got, you know, I know how to pray. I have all this information about God and I know all these things. I got these great clothes on. I'm presenting myself with all these layers, thinking that that was pleasing to God. And then the tax collector is just barely talking. You're trying to get through the next word and can't even look up to heaven. Maybe you're hearing this now and you're like, Pastor, I'm at the end of my rope right now. This is how I feel. Maybe death in the family. Maybe a financial setback. Maybe you were victim of an injustice and it's just, it's just, it's hurting right now so much. I mean, this pandemic hurts all of us. Maybe you're here and you feel like you're at the end of the rope and you're at the end of the rope now, but you have a choice. And this is the choice that you have. Am I going to grab other layers to present myself before God? Or am I going to get rid of all the layers and just say, God, this is, this is me. I got nothing left. I got nothing left. Either you come through or I got nothing else to do. Jesus is not repulsed by that. Brothers and sisters, he is attracted to that. In fact, there's a very strange verse. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. It says this. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and listen to this other version of the Bible. This is the message version of the Bible. Matthew 5, 3, same verse. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. It's a strange thing to be at the end of your, of your rope because it's bad, but it can also be good. You see, it can be painful, but then again, no more layers. This is just me. You see, when, when we lose it all, Jesus says it is actually a good thing because when we lose it all, all of a sudden there's room for God. And so we have this choice. Are we going to put on more layers? Or are we going to allow for God to take on the space where all those layers used to be? And we've talked about this before. We've talked about the, the difference between, between knowing about God and knowing God. It's such an important distinction because on the one hand, we can have information about God. We can have, we can have laws and rules and regulations and all these things that we do. Or we can actually know the person of God. And it's so different. And it is when we are at the end of our rope, when we are coming to a moment when we are face to face with ourselves and face to face with God. We all have layers, though. And here's an interesting layer. Here's, an, here's a layer that is so subtle that you may miss it. It's the layer of being real. Now, what, what do you mean, layer of being real? Yes, because there is real, real, and then there's fake real. Now, because nowadays, it's, 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 almost, um, it's almost fashionable to be real. Hey, I'm just being real. Right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being real. And so you've, you've got this Instagram photo that looks like you're being real. Like I just, It's a picture of me just waking up in the morning. This is how I look when I wake up in the morning, right? But you've taken that picture like 50 times because it has to have the perfect angle and the perfect lighting. So it's, it's not real real. It's actually fake real. Now, I could do the same thing as a pastor, 
Like I can be, I can be talking to you and I can be saying things and I can get all emotional and I can cry, but then you'll discover it because I've actually heard about this, that you'll look at the pastor's notes and there's, there's a moment where it says cry or it says like, you know, like a, like, like a sad face, like be sad now and all that kind of stuff. So I could fall in the exact same thing to where you're like, oh, he's just being real, but actually I'm not being real. I'm being fake real. And that's an interesting layer because we can fall into the same thing. You see, the Pharisees, they were experts in that. And I have to check my own heart and what it is that I, that I am doing. Am I presenting layers of reality like, oh, I just want you to think that I'm being real? Or am I actually being real, real before you and before God? I have to check my heart. You need to check your heart as well because God is attracted to the real, real not the fake real, and we can all fall into this. You see, the Pharisees were ex- experts at this. About the, it was all about the external. Second Corinthians chapter 12 says this. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, and in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. What a contradiction. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to empty myself before God so that he can fill me with himself. You see, the problem is that, that we think that these layers are necessary for us to be approved before God, but that's not the gospel. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all those supposed layers that we think that we need to do or, or, or put on ourselves to be presentable, presentable before others. Let me just be very clear. We cannot ever be presentable before God. Christ makes us presentable before God. And so that's why he's attracted to us getting rid of these layers because then it, takes, it makes space for him to be in your life. Christ in his death paid for the shortcomings. We have no need for layers. I don't know about you, but I want to empty myself out before God. I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I just want to be me, and I want you to be you. And you'll discover what's going to happen as a result of that. I don't want to be all about saying the right things or doing the right things. Or I'm just, I hope this is, like, I feel this is God speaking into my life right now. Like, I, I want the real. I want to present to God the real me, and I want the real God. Listen to this phrase. If you want to encounter the real God, you have to let him encounter the real you. Let me say that again. If you want to encounter the real God, then you have to present to him the real you. And this is a challenge. This is a challenge because of the layers that we have. You see, as I was saying before, we can know about someone. That doesn't mean that you know the person. And you know God in a whole new way when you're at the end of your rope. I mean, how many of you guys here have been at the end of the rope? Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you lose your house, you lose your marriage, somebody dies in your life, you go bankrupt. Then you know what it is to be at the end of your rope. And it's a strange place to be in. But it's also a beautiful place to be in. I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I was, I was uh, in charge of a 12-step program for three years. It was a Celebrate Recovery ministry at our church. And it was hard. But the thing that was beautiful about that ministry is that everyone that would show up was at the end of the rope. 
They had nothing else to offer. Nobody was faking. And it was a beautiful thing. We would call it the no BS zone because no one had time to fake anything because the reason why they were there is because they were out of options. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it was a beautiful experience. When you see someone at the end of the rope, and to be quite honest, I think all of us should be there. All of us should be in that position before God. We're like, I don't have anything to offer. And what I do have to offer, I've actually received from you, but I'm empty. This is so important. Even as you look at me, and I don't know if I'm, I'm saying something that's out of place, but even as you look at me as your pastor, and you're looking at me like you're looking up to me, like I'm going to be some sort of a, an example to follow, let me make you a promise. If that's the way you see me, like I'm going to follow, follow pastor and how he lives, let me make you a, a, a promise. I'm going to fail you. I will fail you. Even Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He's not saying follow me. He's not saying do what I do. He says, he says follow my example as what? As I follow the example of Christ. The same is true in discipleship. The same is true on leadership. When we're, when we're, saying, when we're asked to make disciples, we're not saying to make disciples of ourselves. We're saying to make disciples of Christ because we're no example to follow. But we have someone who gave it all, who is the ultimate example, and his name is Christ. And that is the person that we need to be pointing people to. When we pick who's going to be here on stage. We're not looking for, for qualifications as far as, you know, I know all these things and I have all these things and I have all this experience. I mean, in part we are, but the most important thing is that we have a broken and contrite heart. We present ourselves empty so that God can fill us. That's so important because we're here to, to point to only one person, not to ourselves. We're one person and that person is Jesus. You see, we are called to present ourselves just the way we are. And we need to get rid of all these layers. Going back to the, the scripture we were talking about at the beginning, you see, it, it was so clear in this image between the tax collector and the Pharisee. It becomes so clear, this difference. And what does Jesus say about the, the one who, was, who went home justified? The assumption would be that, the, that the, the Pharisee would go home justified because he knew all these things. And he was like, from the perspective of people, like he's the guy that's qualified. He's got all the qualifications. Of course, he's the one that's going to go home justified. But it was surprising to the audience to say, no, the tax collector, which was a traitor, no respect. He was an enemy of the people. He was an enemy of God. He says, actually, that guy is the one that went home justified. Why? Because he was the one that made room for God. He was the one that was at the end of his rope, and he was the one that was saying, I got nothing left. And so that's when the justification came into his life as a result of him emptying himself and God compensating for all these layers that were gone. That's why he went home justified. That's literally what justification means. And the same needs to be true for us. He was at the end of his rope. He made room for Christ. He, made, he went home justified. He emptied himself. The same is true for us, brothers and sisters, as we think about this. You see, I want to be real with God. I want to come clean with God. I want to take off all these layers and honestly, I think we make things way too complicated 
so often. We make it about rules. We make it about regulations. We make it about being perfect. We make it about doing. And in the midst of all of this, we're pushing God out because when we empty ourselves and we present ourselves, God, this is me. I mean, you already knew this was me, but I'm, I'm doing this consciously. I'm taking out all these layers and I'm making you the Lord of my life. Like you, can, you can see me just the way that I am. That way now I can see you just the way that you are. Let's make room for Christ. And I'm going to end with this. Short story, quick story, embarrassing story, very embarrassing story. I was probably about eight years old. I was in school and uh, I used to lie a lot. And so in school, I would just make up these weird stories. And my, my brother, Nathan, uh, who was uh, one grade above me, he missed school because he had like the flu or something like that. And I, I told everyone that he, was can- that he had cancer, he was going to die. That's why he was in his school. I know it's a terrible thing to do, but I did it. The problem was that when I told that lie, then I had to back it up with a bunch of other lies. So people would ask, ask just clarifying questions that I have to make up a lie. And then another clarifying question, I have to make up a lie. Like what hospital, how long has he been? And I just made up all these things and I felt this weight. Like I felt so terrible. I had caught myself, you know, making all this stuff up. And then finally the principal calls me and said, hey, we called your parents. We know you're lying. I started crying. I was so embarrassed, but I was relieved. I was relieved because I had created all these layers of lies in my life. And all of a sudden it was hard to get rid of this. But all of a sudden I felt free. It wasn't hard, but it was necessary. You see, when I think about this, I just think about what we're, what we're going through right now. I think about the whole idea of, of letting go of everything and presenting ourselves just the way we are. No more making it up, no more lies, none of that stuff. And I'm saying it's not easy. It's not easy. You see, being real before God is even more important now that we're going through this pandemic. You see, some of you possibly are saying on the outside, no, everything's great, everything's going to be fine. That's a layer. When on the inside, you're scared. Maybe you have a layer on the outside that says, I'm, I'm, just, I'm feeling safe. When on the inside, you're actually full of doubt. Maybe you have a layer that's, that's a layer of peace, you know, on the, on the outside, but on the inside, you're actually feeling turmoil. Maybe you have a layer on the outside that's, that's, I'm in control. But on the inside, what you're actually feeling is that your entire world is falling apart. And you see, it's scary to, to, to let go of all of this. But the scripture teaches us that that's the way that we go home justified because we make room for God. You see, this is what I believe God invites us to do today. And I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 4, four verses 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. He says, pray. He says, pray. Now, here's the problem. Prayer can also be a layer. It can be a layer. And here's why. Because I grew up in the Christian tradition. So here's, here's the thing about prayer. He's like, present your request to God. Okay, so pray, right? And so when a new person would come to our church, I'm like, I'm going to teach you to pray. So step one, you got to close your eyes. Step two, you got to put your hands together. Step three, you got to address Jesus as Jesus Lord. And then you have all these steps. And you see, as time goes by, you may say, well, I've, I've, been, in, in, I've been in church for 30 years. I know how to pray. I would argue it is very possible that you've been in church for 30 years and you think that you know how to pray, but you have not ever actually prayed the prayer that that tax collector prayed, where you're just presenting yourself before God. You see, you may say, I don't know how to pray. Well, do you know how to complain? Do you know how to scream? Do you know how to ask 
for an explanation, if you know how to do those things, then you know how to pray. You see, sometimes we think that our prayers need to be nice and polished like the Pharisees' prayer. But that can also be a layer. Maybe you need to complain to God. Maybe you feel like you need an explanation. When you think about that prayer that tax collector was doing, he was crying. It was like the ugly cry where you got snot and you got all that stuff and you've got nothing left before God. Have you ever prayed that way? It's possible that you've never done that. You know, prayer is shouting. Prayer looks a lot like questioning. It looks like crying. And he is not insulted by your prayer. I think he is insulted. I don't know if insulted, but he's, he loves it when we just come clean. It's not a formula. It's getting rid of all these layers that we have before God and before others, presenting ourselves just the way we are because he already knows us. And that's the way we encounter God. You see, if you want to encounter the real God, you have to present the real you to God. Especially in this pandemic, it's no time for polished prayers. It's a time to just pray, to just pray, to just talk to God. Some of you guys don't have any answers. We, none of us actually have any answer. We have no idea how this is going to end. And I don't know how that makes you feel. But you need to bring that to God. And all this idea of like, ah, I just need to, to pray in a certain way or I have to have these. No, Christ died on the cross to compensate for all of your shortcomings. Just come clean with God and you will go home justified, just like the tax collector. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you to close your eyes. I want, to have a, I want you guys to have a moment. If you're here with someone next to you, just take their hand and bow your heads and we're going to pray together. But I'm going to say a few things before because maybe you're here and you feel far from God. Maybe you feel disconnected. Maybe you feel insecure. Maybe you have questions. And you, you understand that it is possible that there are some layers that you need to get rid of. It's time to do it. If you're angry, don't walk away from God. Present your anger to God. If there's anything in your life that, that, is, being, that is holding you back from presenting to God the real you, get rid of that. And present the real you to God. Don't be afraid to do it. You see, polished prayers aren't working anymore. It's time to come clean before God. And so I want to pray right now. I want to pray. And I want to ask you to just open your heart to God and recognize that there's nothing that you have inside of you that he doesn't already know. It is only us that create these false layers that actually don't help us because they're they're pushing us away from God actually being able to to justify us before him. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the moment that we share and we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you, Lord, because it is this sacrifice that makes us presentable, that gives us the opportunity to be able to get rid of these layers and to present ourselves exactly as we are because when we're weak, you are strong. We want to make room for you. And this is what we do today. We love you, Lord, so much. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you're in control in this pandemic. You are with us. And we thank you because you are the one that gives us hope in these strange times that we're living. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.